Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the first Sunday after the Epiphany. It is also the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we hear from the Reverend Maggie Foote as she preaches from the lectionary, which was Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or sermons by All Soulsians on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. Broken Horses, folk, or, folk artist Brandy Carlisle recounts a moment from her adolescence that she calls her botched baptism. That's not a euphemism. That's exactly what it was. Brandy had always been a spiritual child and had an on-again, off-again relationship with organized religion. When she was 17 years old, she finally decided to take the literal plunge and be baptized at her local church. By this time, Brandy had already come out of the closet, but was still wrestling with shame about being gay in the 90s in rural Washington. She said this about her impending baptism. Baptism was the final step in my journey to community and self-acceptance. It was going to make me the same as everybody else, or at least a fellow purchaser of the same brand of fire insurance. After a week of baptism preparation with a guy named Pastor Steve, she arrived at the church for her big day. Her girlfriend, friends, and family were all there. Before the service began, she was getting ready with Pastor Steve, and he asked her three questions to make sure that she was ready to be baptized. One, do you have your swimsuit on? Yes. Two, do you practice witchcraft or black magic? Brandy thought that one was a joke and laughed first and then, of course, answered no. And three, do you practice homosexuality? This one stopped Brandy in her tracks. Pastor Steve knew that she was gay and had even met her girlfriend. Long story short, she ran home from the church without ever being baptized, and her on-again, off-again relationship with God and the church would continue into adulthood. If you haven't read her book, and I uh, recommend that you do, uh, but you want a spoiler, a backstage prayer by Dolly Parton at the Newport Folk Festival brought her back to her faith, and eventually she did get baptized. That <laughs> that's one tick in Dolly's uh, list towards sainthood. I want to return to Brandy's adolescent view of baptism, though, for the purpose of today's sermon, because I'm wondering if she really did have it all wrong or how it might help us to look afresh at the story of the baptism of Jesus and what we're actually doing when we're submerged in the holy waters ourselves. But before we return to Brandy in Black Diamond, Washington, let's first visit Jesus on the banks of the River Jordan. Jesus comes from Galilee to the river where John had been calling to the people of the region to come and be baptized. John seems surprised to see Jesus there and basically says, you're the one who needs to baptize me, Jesus, not the other way around. And Jesus comes back at him saying, no, 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 this is the way it needs to happen to, and I quote, fulfill all righteousness. Pretty bold statement for someone who up until this point had been living in relative anonymity since his birth. This is the first event of Jesus' public ministry, and it doesn't exactly scream all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe. Something like the raising of Lazarus or the healing of the man born blind would have been a little bit more impressive 
than showing up and asking his eccentric cousin to include him in something that he's offering to normal people like you and me and Brandy Carlisle. But while Jesus does develop a, bl- a bit of a flair for the dramatic later in his ministry, this humble beginning sends an important message. In a moment where it would make sense for Jesus to do something spectacular and miraculous to reveal his power and set himself apart from us, he chooses the exact opposite. He wades into the waters of baptism along with everybody else, stepping into the fullness of his humanity in the most embodied way possible. It's like Jesus knows that when all is said and done and the deeds of his power are known far and wide, What we'll need to remember most about him is that he willingly stepped out into the rushing waters of a river that both locates him squarely in the middle of the narrative arc of God's love for her people, and also at the same time unites him with every person who has been broken and battered by the changes and chances of life. And when he does this, the skies open and the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. And God's booming voice calls out, claiming Jesus as their own beloved child. The irony here is that when, by all accounts, it would make sense for Jesus to align himself with the divine, to get his public ministry off to an auspicious start, Jesus chooses to connect himself to us. He chooses us, and he sets the stage for every person in all of history who wades into the waters of baptism to be joined to one another through him. When we approach the waters of baptism, whether that's a swimming pool, the ocean, a lake, a baptismal font, or the River Jordan itself, seeking connection with the divine, Jesus shows us that what we're getting actually is connection with one another. Our connection with God is the vehicle through which all of us become one. And God's voice calls out over all of us, calling us beloved. This brings me back to a trepidatious 17-year-old Brandy Carlisle, approaching the church where she was going to get baptized, seeking community and self-acceptance. What was supposed to be an end to a painful period of feeling ashamed and like an outsider actually ended in Brandy's humiliation and disappointment a holy moment snatched right out of her grasp. I bring this story up now not to demonize Pastor Steve, nor to canonize Brandy Carlisle, who simply put to words a longing for acceptance and community that I believe is inherent to human nature. I bring this up because of the reflections that Brandy shares about the experience after she's had time, space, and experience to take stock of it and the impact it had on her. She says, looking back on it now, I see grace everywhere. There was grace in the outrage my public rejection incited in my family and in that tiny town. I hadn't fully seen it until then. That's how real heart change is made. Consciousness that shifts not as a result of triumph, but of sacrifice, and even sometimes humiliation. That's where the mercy creeps in. The coming together of a community around her in her lowest moment did actually deliver on that deep longing she held for a sense of belonging, even if it happened in a way that was painful and unexpected. 
I think this is the type of vision Jesus was asking us to have when he waded into the murky waters of our brokenness to unite us with one another. Even when we get it wrong, grace shows up when we acknowledge our connectedness to each other. The skies open, the spirit comes down, and each one of us is acknowledged as a beloved and belonging to God. It's too bad that the church got in the way of this moment for Brandy. And the church still gets it wrong when we insist on our own way. When we fail to see the ways in which our lives are inextricably linked to those around us. When we fail to see that our own belovedness is tied up in everyone else's. And that means we have responsibility to each other. When we forget that our own God, when given the choice to exalt himself over and above humanity, chose instead to submerge himself in the waters of our humanness and making the whole thing holy. Mm -hmm.